Among the many topics found in Parshas Nasso, we have the partnering Parshios of Sota and Nazir, Sota being the wayward wife, and Nazir being the individual who takes a special pledge of abstinence for the sake of Kedusha and getting closer to Hashem. Why these two parshas would be juxtaposed, perhaps we would say, is simple enough. They represent opposite extremes. The sota represents impurity and a violation of that which is sacred, whereas the nazi represents purity and holiness and dedication to that which is sacred. However, Chazal tells us that that's not all that apparently there's almost a causal or sequential relationship that there has to be between Sota and Nazir. That an individual who sees what the Sota goes through, who witnesses the Sota in her state of degradation, he himself should actually take the pledge of abstinence. He should become a Nazir. He should abstain from wine, which is a likely cause of levity, which is a likely cause of sin. Unlike the Sota, this individual who sees her should go in the absolute opposite direction and become a Nazir. But the question is obvious. Many ask that if there is a single person who should not have to go in that direction and become a Nazir, it is in fact the eyewitness of the Sota. After he has seen what she had gone through, then what, what else does he need? He sees firsthand what this kind of behavior can lead to. There's no one should, who should be more inspired than this individual to take on holiness and to not commit sins. If anything, it should be those who were not the eyewitnesses of this event who should actually become Nazirim. And there are a few answers that are offered to explain this connection, why exactly it's this individual who sees the Sota that he should become a Nazir, you might say that perhaps part of it is that if Hashem is showing him this sight, then perhaps Hashem is sending him a signal saying that, yeah, this applies to you. You should become a Nazir. You should go in the opposite direction. But you might even say something even more fundamental. Perhaps we can suggest something that Rav Chaim Shmulevitz speaks about often, and that is the idea of inspiration and how it fades Indeed, if you don't act on the inspiration, so even though right now the attitude is there, right now your hashkafa is such that you are going to not commit an Avera, but you're going to dedicate yourself to holiness, but if you don't do anything, if you don't solidify with an action, then that which you witness with your eyes is really not helpful. It's not going to last. But... None of this really speaks necessarily to why this individual, more than anyone else, should become a Nazir. Granted, he has the inspiration, but what about the people that don't have the inspiration? Shouldn't they become Nazirim too? They all the more so. Is there a reason why this individual, the eyewitness of the Sota, should need to become a Nazir more than anybody else? And perhaps the answer is, Yes, there's a reason absolutely why he must become a Nazir. The one who sees what the Sota goes through. Indeed, he might be inspired for the moment, but again, he still has that advantage over anyone else who has not seen. But the disadvantage he has is that when he witnesses what the Sota goes through, he lulls himself into the false sense of security, the notion that I would never do the same thing. That would never happen to me. After seeing what she had gone through, 
of course I'm not going to commit the same kind of crime. That attitude is one that is fraught with danger because there is no one who is absolutely free from the clutches of the Eight Sarhara. And in fact, this individual, the Sota herself, is it possible or is it probable that she woke up that morning saying, hey, I'm going to commit an Avera? And if she woke up that morning saying it, did she say it a week ago? Did she set out to commit a sin? Perhaps she too was never going to be that individual. But says the Midrash, Isha ki sisteh, when she becomes a sota, the word sisteh can be read sishteh, that she could have shtus, a ruach shtus, a spirit of levity, a lack of being serious, being a little bit too frivolous. And one thing leads to another, and she commits the Avera. Now imagine this individual who sees what she goes through. Now he all of a sudden thinks, this would never happen to me. What would never happen to me? I would never commit the Savera? Okay, but maybe one time you'll be intoxicated. Maybe one time you'll be under the influence. And maybe one time, because you were exposed to the kind of person who can commit such an Avera, maybe that exposure desensitizes you a little bit. Maybe the very fact that you saw what she had gone through but did nothing about it afterwards and didn't grow from it, you didn't commit to something, maybe that is the very reason why later, somewhere down the line, it's not going to mean as much to you. You've seen it, been there, done that, it's not so bad, and little by little, the Ruach just overtakes you and you're committing the same Avera. Say, Chazal, don't be a fool. Don't let the Ruach Shdos overtake you. It's something that can really overtake anybody. And unless you commit yourself, unless you dedicate yourself and do something concrete, then it's very likely that you fall victim to it too. The person who sees, the person who, the person who witnesses, the person who is exposed to this kind of thing, he's someone who more than anyone else has to turn in the opposite direction and commit himself and say that not only can this Ruach Shdos get me as well, but I am perhaps just as likely, if not more likely, the prey to this Ruach Shtos, to the Sahar than anybody else. And if he has that attitude, then he'll be able to wholly dedicate himself to Hashem. So let's not fool ourselves, let's keep our guard up, and let's always remain dedicated to Hashem.